the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The more the violence mounts in Columbus and in other communities around our nation, uh, the more difficult it's going to be for Democrats to balance their support of those who still want to defund the police uh, with the rest of us who would like to remain alive and not in jeopardy of being murdered in drive-by shootings or um, wrong place, wrong time, epic bad luck type situations. That's how we start the 6 o'clock hour on a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Uh, remember, you can leave us a message at any time on our 24-hour phone line, 844-TALK-989. We, of course, man that line during the show, and you can get to the front of the line by calling it. But you can also leave us a comment after the show, and we listen to those, and we'll sometimes play them on the show. Uh, I'm interested to know how you feel as the violence in Columbus last night moved to a neighborhood that typically is not a neighborhood where you have to worry about things like a 16-year-old teenager shooting a 17-year-old teenager. But that happened on our far west side last night. Typically when you hear about a west side shooting, it's in the near west side, in the hilltop. Not so last night. It was west of Hilliard uh, Rome Road, uh, an apartment complex maybe a half a mile from Ridgewood Elementary School, uh, behind the Meyer Sam's Club um Kohl's retail conglomerate along Hilliard Rome Road. And a 16-year-old is under arrest today and soon will be charged with the death of a 17-year-old whom, with whom she engaged in an argument, pulled out a gun to end it. And in doing so, ended one life, and you could argue ended two, because I would assume she will be uh, forever impacted, if not incarcerated, by her actions. Uh, Andrew Ginther said today, the mayor of Columbus, that he does not believe that insisting upon oversight and accountability among police uh, causes police to lose confidence in those who are supposed to support them. Uh, I disagree with the mayor on that and on many things. Uh, I think our police have been unjustifiably blamed for mounting violence in our city. We are at homicide number 107. And uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of pressure applied to Andrew Ginther because the newspaper in town, the Columbus Dispatch, has decided they're going to stop reporting the number of homicides. They're not going to put the number in the paper anymore. They said that in an editorial on Sunday because it tends to dehumanize the victims. They're just number 102, 103, 104. There's not a word on their website at all at this hour about what is unquestionably news, a 16-year-old girl shooting another young woman, 17-year-old girl, to death in Hilliard. 
Not in the hilltop, not in Linden, not in Franklinton, in Hilliard. That is the very definition of news. But to report it would be to put more heat on an embattled mayor, an embattled safety director, and embattled new chief of police. So we'll just whistle past the graveyard and act like it doesn't happen. Joe Biden will continue to talk about the greatest threat to American democracy, not being violence, not being shootings, not being teens without fathers. It's voter suppression. And Joe Biden is bringing his uh, twist the truth tour to Cincinnati a week from tomorrow. Boy, does he ever have the right co-host for that. CNN anchor Don Lemon will moderate an event at a CNN town hall on Wednesday in Cincinnati. I presume Biden chose Cincinnati because it is the home of Grater's ice cream, and he knows he can get a really tasty double chocolate chip cone after he finishes, and the press will breathlessly ask him how many dips he had. Uh, Their conversation will be broadcast live on CNN at 8 p.m., We'll cover a range of topics, including COVID-19 and the economy. Oh, yes, I believe Don Lemon will really hold a torch to the feet of Joe Biden on the fact that retail prices are up today uh, at an astronomical rise. (laughs) But uh, I kid, because, of course, that won't happen. Uh, Joe Biden will have uh, his prepared talking points. And Don Lemon will not press him on anything. Uh, Meanwhile, here in Ohio, the news is better. Uh, Big tech has this creepy way of monitoring us. Uh, We all know it. You browse online for a certain item. And magically, the next time you go online, what do you know? There is that item. We all know that happens. Uh, Something happened to me the other day that I found even creepier. It's the first time it's happened to me. Probably not the first time it's happened to you. I actually visited a retail store that I rarely go to, probably haven't been to in six months, drove home, logged on to my laptop, and the item that I looked at in the store, didn't take a picture of it, didn't text anyone about it, The very item I looked at in the store popped up in an ad on my laptop from that store. I had not Googled it. I had not Amazoned it. Nothing. Aaron, are they that sophisticated with GPS and geo-targeting that when I stand in the aisle at a farm supply store and look at a piece of power equipment, They can tell on Google Maps what I'm looking at from the satellites. And then when I go home, that very item is right there for me to look at again. Well, that's creepy. There's something called geofencing, and that usually is typically the They had it down to the aisle. And the outline of the building. Now, I've never heard of that, but I'm sure it's possible to to make the GPS coordinates uh, that small. Wow. It freaked me out. Uh, Maybe that'll go away if... Ohio House Bill 376 becomes law. It's called the Ohio Personal Privacy Act. The bill would give consumers a set of rights when it comes to that kind of data, uh, not from every retailer, but from those with sales above $25 million. So 
you know when you're in Walmart, when you're in Kroger, when you're in Kohl's, when you're in Dick's Sporting Goods, those big chain stores, they're tracking everything you do, everything you buy, everything you order, everything you search. If this bill becomes law, you could ask, there'd be a mechanism by which you could ask what data a company had collected on you. You could request a correction to any inaccurate information in that data. So I could write back to Google and I could say, no, I wasn't looking at lawnmowers. I was looking at power washers. Wouldn't that be kind of helping their cause to correct the information? You could ask them to delete the information at any time for any reason. You could tell the company to stop selling their data. Ding, 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 ding. Isn't this just as easy as outlawing them tracking your data? Why don't we do that? You know, we hear all this complaining and fall to roll and stressing out about big tech this and big tech that. Why don't we just make it illegal for them to collect and sell our data? Is that so hard? Would that cause the crippling of the American economy? If they could no longer track, keep a historical record, of all the things you look at and try to market to you via your phone, via your tablet, via your laptop, via your desktop, via whatever, your YouTube TV account, your Hulu account. Why don't we just make a law against that? Would that be so bad? I don't see the downside of it. Maybe I'm looking at it too simplistically. But that law is being proposed uh, by Representative Rick Carfagna of Genoa Township. So good for you, Rick. I'm all on board with that. What have you guys heard about masks in schools this fall? I'd be interested to know if you've talked with school board members in your local communities, heard a buzz, read things, gained any insight at all as to whether we are really and truly back to normal in schools this fall or Are there school systems that are going to try to get your kids? Because nobody's under 12 has been approved for the vaccines yet, even the emergency vaccines. Nobody under 12 has been approved. Are we needing to be fearful of that being added to our list of things we need to be concerned about as parents as we approach the resumption of school in the fall? 844-TALK-989. If you've heard anything, I'd like to know. It's the Bruce Hooley Show. Six twenty on the Bruce Hooley Show. Vaccines in the news. They keep twisting arms and trying to get you to take it, your kids to take it, get that number up. School's coming in the fall, and I'm curious. Uh, what are you hearing about masks in schools? About whether your kids are going to be forced to take the vaccine? Uh, do you have any disagreements with friends, neighbors who say my kid's been vaccinated? And if your kid hasn't, I don't want them riding the same bus as my kid. I don't want them in the same class as my kid. There are those who swear by the vaccines. Uh, I heard an interesting interview today where the data basically shows that in England, where they got hit very, very hard uh, by COVID, um, the death rate due to COVID among School-aged children is basically one out of every two million. 
One out of every two million. Why would you give a vaccine for something that for young people is not really a threat? You know, I tried for a long time here on the show uh, not to tell you what to do about vaccines. And so I'm going to stick to that. But I will certainly be transparent about what I'm going to do. And government thugs will have to come in and tie me down before I allow them to stick my kids with that vaccine. There's just no way that's happening. Uh, Unless it's totally against my will and against my purview. Now, an odd advocate of vaccines, at least I find it odd, is Fox News' Geraldo Rivera. Um, Geraldo is an Ohio resident. Did you know that? Yes. He lives in uh, Shaker Heights, Ohio, in the Cleveland area. And um, he thinks that if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't be able to resume normal life. You shouldn't be able to go to school. You shouldn't be able to go to stores. You shouldn't be able to go to work. Uh, Geraldo's always been um, left-leaning, but uh, I just think that's a ridiculous notion because we are essentially at herd immunity with the number of people who've been vaccinated so far. And the number that you never hear anymore or ever really did hear is, what if I've had COVID and recovered? What are my antibodies? Are they still good? A study that I saw last week by the Cleveland Clinic, which I had to search online hard to find, suggests that the antibodies from your own manufacturer within your own immune system are as good or better, longer lasting, more sustainable than those from the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, the mRNA vaccines that tell your body what to make. I have also come to the conclusion that if you have had COVID and have recovered from COVID, there's no reason for you to get a vaccine. Do what you want, but that is why I am, at this point in time, standing on my decision to wait the full six months since my physical in February, which is the amount of time my doctor told me to wait until I had a vaccine. So we're not there yet. And at this point in time, do I envision myself changing my mind? No, I do not. Now, I had an interesting conversation on Sunday with someone who has given blood over the last few months. And this is someone that I trust implicitly. Uh, This is someone um, who is involved in ministry, okay? So I say that not because I'm trying to out who they are. I say that because I'm trying to lend veracity to what they say, okay? And they got their blood tested when they donated blood at the Red Cross. And they got course the red cross test blood they've tested blood ever since uh you know blood was tainted during the hiv era they have to test the blood before they would ever give it in a transfusion well if you're testing the blood what would you test it for well you test it of course for covid because you wouldn't want to give that blood to somebody nor would you uh you know wouldn't it if you're testing for covid you would also the results would turn up whether you have the covid antibodies and that would be a good thing for the donor of the blood to know So this person who I was talking to, who had donated blood, received a notification from the Red Cross that indeed their blood contained the COVID antibodies. 
But then they test the blood a second time to make certain that the first test is accurate. On the second test, this person was told that their antibody test was inconclusive, which meant either that they, A, had been vaccinated, or B, had never contracted COVID. Only problem is, neither of those two possibilities in this person's case were true. They had had COVID, and they had not been vaccinated. So if you wonder why there's so much confusion, so much mistrust, so much uncertainty about what to believe, that's why. Because the institutions that we have been told to trust, that we have learned to trust, that we have presumed we could trust, the CDC, the World Health Organization, the WHO, the Red Cross, and others. And I'm not trying to put the stink of intentional misinformation, disinformation, or lying on them. I'm just saying that there has been a remarkable amount of inconsistency combined with a remarkable amount of partisan politics. And when you mix those two up, you automatically get a compromise of trust. And when you're dealing with people's health or when you're dealing with the health of people's children, trust is the one thing that you must have in order to feel good about putting a foreign object in your body that, though it's been researched, though it's been shown to be safe by many people, there have been, I know, anecdotal, nevertheless powerful Examples of people who have died mysteriously after taking the vaccine or suffered what appear to be dire medical consequences. And no amount, no amount of doctors saying, well, that has nothing to do with the vaccine. Well, it's just psychosomatic. You're just imagining it. Ah, this is probably caused by something else. If you know the people who have suffered those consequences, it is extremely real to you. And so I understand why the hesitancy exists. I understand why the mistrust persists. And no amount of vaximillion sweepstakes or guilting by the government or threats of door-to-door visits or anything else is going to bridge that trust gap at this juncture so late in the game. It's just not going to happen. Too many people want to get back to some semblance of normal life. In fact, all semblance of normal life. I still see people wearing masks in stores, and I try to be respectful and stand clear, keep my social distance. I don't share their skepticism. I don't share their fear, but I want to respect their personal space. I'm not going to mock them. I'm not going to make fun of them. But I'm also not going to be drawn in to their world where they cling tightly with white knuckles to their own mortality. I'm going to trust in the miracle of the body God gave me to manufacture what I need to fight off a virus. 
just like I do every year. I don't run out and get the latest flu shot every year. And I don't anticipate going and running out to get a COVID vaccine for a virus I've already had and recovered from with minimal inconvenience. I know the story may be different for many of you. I understand it's real to you, but everybody has their own experience. And if I took that vaccine and something terrible happened to me or heaven forbid to my kids, that I know I couldn't live with.